swords and candle art to spark souls and charge souls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's ores. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest the tone earl rock shoes to every clue keeps the exit gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control nations Control Issues! Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. What is Control Issues? I am the AMC. And this is A-Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. That dash is a hyphen, so dash on over. Come see us. Uh, look for us on your podcast provider, whoever that may be. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, uh, the Himalayas, whatever that was. Himalayan Himalaya, Radio. Himalayan walkie-talkie. Squat yeah. box. Hit us on your two-way radios, your ham setups. You can get at us via Morse code. We're also coming. Breaker. <laughs> by Carrier Pigeon. <laughs> Go to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos every so often for your viewing pleasure. And make sure you go on over to Twitter. My control issues is the handle. We haven't been banned yet. So come support us. I'm a band. Hey, Doug, how you living? We're two weeks into February. How is your Black History Month going so far? Uh, very black, very historic. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, it's as as an African American man, as you may well understand. You know, it's it's not like Black History Month is ever that different, other than accounting for the most recent black history that occurred between the 12 months since the last black history month. And, you know, one thing that is very interesting about black history month to me, especially with the advent of social media, the internet is how black history month changes every year so that the content and the, and the people that are highlighted for it are different based on the circumstances of the time. So right now we're going through this pandemic, you know, we got the vaccines rolling out, people are a little apprehensive. So I'm seeing a lot of black history stuff geared toward like Henrietta Lacks, who, the woman where they, they saved live cancer cells from her body and derived all kinds of medications and treatments and didn't pay her or, you know, give her credit <laughs> at all. Uh, the Tuskegee Airmen experiment where Black men were injected with syphilis. Airmen. <laughs> what happened? Yeah, you, uh, you said the oh, Tuskegee. no, the, my bad. Yeah, you said the Tuskegee Airmen the t- experiment. The, t- the Tuskegee experiment. <laughs> yeah. it, it, come on, man. Everything gets all mixed up. The, the red tails. First of all, you, you, you should know about the Tuskegee Airmen. Well, that, was, that was the first African-American aviation unit something to that degree i don't believe they had weapons because you know can't trust black folks with weapons even they might them turn them back on their, <laughs> their leaders they might take us all down <laughs> with their one unit <laughs> yeah but yeah the tuskegee airmen that's something but the tuskegee experiment where dudes are being injected with syphilis and not being given a cure so you know that kind of stuff comes up a lot i think there was a a very disturbing image of i think he's still alive he might he might have passed but the a black guy an african-american guy who was subjected to radiation or radiation experiments that left him horribly disfigured and it's it's not pretty but you know it's interesting how black history month the examples all seem to tie in with the times so you know overall it's it's the first Black History Month I've spent, you know, by myself indoors. I <laughs> haven't been able to see people and mention Black History Month in passing like we do every year. <laughs> you know, it's going good. How about yours? Uh, it's going great. I um, added to my watch list Get Hard and yes. Judas and the Black Messiah. So I'll be watching some Kevin Hart for Black History Month and then 
I'll be learning about the Black Panthers and Black History Month. Yeah, I'll also be watching Judas and the Black Messiah. So what, HBO Max right now? Everything's on HBO Max. So much stuff is on HBO Max. I watch HBO Max every day. <laughs> All day, every day. Every just, day. Not even an advertisement. It's just what I do. It's just comedy. I started up Stranger Things Season 2. So I'm going to try to get through that and then get through Season 3. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm late as hell. <laughs> uh, I'm about to watch Get Hard. I think that came out in 2015. It's so, a classic, uh, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, Will Ferrell. Kevin Anything Will Ferrell. In prison. <laughs> oh, God. It's gonna you be know, so it's going to be so good. <laughs> God, Will Ferrell. Like, how does he not have a statue somewhere? He should have a statue everywhere. Like, that, should, <laughs> that should just be like on every corner, just a, a statue of Will Ferrell. And then on the Wikipedia page for every state, state statue, Will Ferrell. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. State bird, cardinal, state statue, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. <laughs> so Detroit would get a Will Ferrell statue, statue before a Robocop statue. Yeah. It's still in the works. <laughs> or Will Ferrell would be the Robocop statue. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be the model for the Robocop statue. Mm-hmm. But a dub. Let's get right into it. What have you been playing? Well, I'm pleased to announce and also pleased to demonstrate on twitch.tv slash control issues pod that I have successfully completed a run of Risk of Rain 2. Yes. It didn't dial down difficulty. didn't cheat. (laughs) (laughs) It did what it takes. I I managed to get a good run. Who would have thought that the difference between life or death in the final confrontation of this game was maneuverability. This whole time I'm sitting around trying to collect as many damage dealing items as humanly possible. You know, of course I'm going to stack my bleed damage. I'm going to stack my attack speed. I'm going to get things that, you know, make enemies explode when they die or set other enemies on fire when they die. So it'll cause these chain reactions. I'm going to get the, the guitar to get my chain lightning going when I hit enemies, gonna stun them, slow them down. All this time, all I really needed was an item that gives me three charges of my utility skill. So in this case, my dash, and it shortens the cooldown time. So what happens with that is now, instead of just being able to dash once every two or three seconds, I'm able to dash once every one or two seconds and I can stack three charges of it. So by the time, if I were to do like three dashes back to back to back, I'd probably have two new ones by the time I did the third one. So basically I can dash whenever I want. I had another ability that gave me a boost of speed if I jumped while while sprinting. Uh, of course, I increased my, my sprint speed, increased my movement speed. So basically I was... I was able to keep a significant amount of distance between me and the boss. I was never in a situation where I was a sitting duck, basically. So I didn't have to worry about, you know, like, did I boost at the right time? Should I boost now? Should I save it? None of that. It was just like boost, boost, pop, 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 boost, boost, pop, 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 pop. (laughs) It's just keeping them at a distance, peppering away at them. Made it all the way to the final phase without without any real trouble whatsoever. Was whittling him down. He started to key in on my movement a little toward the end of the fight. It looked a little dismal because it, I don't know what kind of attack he has, but there's something that continues to do damage after you've been hit. Like maybe because he takes all of my items away, maybe he has my ability. So I imagine he probably put bleed damage on me and I was bleeding out. But I managed to not get hit too many times. Uh, My healing drones, I managed to get those online, keep those healthy during the fight. So they helped out a bit. Put Mithrix down, then was greeted with a countdown because now the whole moon was about to explode. So I had to evacuate. There's enemies spawning everywhere, but I know how these situations go. The enemies are just a distraction. They're trying to slow you down. They're trying to make you do something silly. They're trying to prevent you from reaching your destination before the timer runs out. But A-Dub is no fool. A-Dub has been around the block. A-Dub got the hell out of there. Finished the game, saw the credits, unlocked the captain, another hidden character. 
and told myself, I'll come back to this game one day. But right now, I get to move on. And what I chose to move on to, not Divinity 2 to finish the final battle, not Bioshock Infinite to finish probably the last 80% of the game I have to play. Nah. I decided for some odd reason, it was time to get into Neo. Yes. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Neo was 20 bucks on the PlayStation Store. IGN ran an article about top 10 best Souls likes. I believe it was on the list. I saw some people talking about it online. Was never particularly interested in it because the gameplay videos I saw, I really just didn't like the look and the style of the combat. However, I was always intrigued because it was a Souls-like game, but it was also loop-driven. So I'm a sucker for loop-driven games. I'm a sucker for Souls-likes. Why not play Neo? Fired it up, getting into it. Immediately, I, I get the impression that it looks kind of like a marriage between Sekiro and Ghost of Tsushima. So Sekiro, just for the overall structure and how it's put together, how it responds. And Ghost of Tsushima in the general presentation and the tone. So it's like you feel the you feel the similar seriousness as you would from the like really busy cutscenes in Ghost of Tsushima, but it's still kind of silly. Like it, there's demons, you got a you got a fox demon, you got all kinds of stuff going on. I haven't seen that I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen the really silly stuff, but it's you know it's it's way more serious than I thought it would be. I'm enjoying myself. Uh, in the beginning of these kind of games, I found that I perform best when I just throw myself into the easiest parts of the game, make a ton of mistakes, try a bunch of stuff, see what works, see what I need to work on, focus on it, go ahead and die. Don't worry about losing losing your currency. Like just Just get in there, do it wrong for like a couple hours. And by the time you reach the end of that, that little span, you'll have some foundation of the basics that's going to carry you through the rest of the game. So that's what I spent a lot of my time doing. I started playing like at 5 a.m. and I went all the way through 10. Managed to be the introductory area, the tutorial area, as well as the first main mission. Now I have a world map of sorts. There's another main mission available to me, but I started a side mission that was also available. So Went in there, killed a couple enemies so I could get another level. Saved, logged out, got here. Uh, overall, I'm enjoying the game. Tons of loot. I think quality of life improvements are something that I want to see when I eventually get to Neo 2. Uh, it's, it is tough, but only if you don't bother to use all the mechanics at your disposal. Like if you're going through the game, and you're not changing your stance or you're not doing the key pulse, which returns your stamina to you as you're using it, you're going to have a very bad time. You're going to think it's a bad game. But if you start to use that stuff in the proper settings, it'll make a huge difference. Like, for instance, there's an enemy that I was running into. Sometimes it'll walk at you and then sometimes it'll crawl on all fours at you. And when it's crawling on all fours, and you're using your high stance or your medium stance, a lot of your attacks are going to miss and it's going to leave it open to give you a counterattack. And, you know, that's not good. You're going to have a bad time. You switch to the low stance. Suddenly all your attacks are hitting it because all your attacks are low. So I'm going through the game. Like now it's not a matter of just studying the enemy movements and patterns, their tails, where their weak points are, like where I could get in and slice away. Now I have to study like what posture they're in, how they're attacking. Like if I see people with big spears or big axes, I'm going with the low stance. I'm hitting them with quick rapid fire slashes that can that I can get in between their swings and interrupt their combos. So that makes fighting them easier. If I see like a, a big slow enemy, I'm going with my medium stance or my power stance so I can just hack away at them at my leisure, having a good time. And then there's, there's all kinds of advanced techniques in there. Like if you, if you do a key pulse and then switch your stance at the same time, you get more stamina back. If you, 
if you really get good at this game, you can go in combat and basically not run out of stamina. You just keep slashing away, switching styles, switching weapons. <laughs> it's kind of dope, man. I, I can see why people would prefer a Neo over a Souls. It's not, it doesn't feel like it's the tightest game, and it doesn't look like it's the tightest game. But when you're playing it, just all the mechanics work, and, and you have a lot of freedom to really control your character, to really control the flow of combat, even when you're in a situation where you're outnumbered. And it seems like it's unreasonable, but once you really get in there, it's like, okay, this works. So I'm I'm pleasantly surprised by Neo. Looking forward to putting more hours into it. Yeah, yeah pleasant surprise. But AMC, what have you been playing? Oh, this week was all about Ori and the Blind Forest. Um, Back on it. Back on it. That mainly having to do with the fact that Super Mario Brothers 3D World is coming out or just came out. I haven't checked. I just know that it's out within a week or so. And so knowing that, it's time to focus on Orient the Blind Forest. And so yeah, Marissa and I, we sat down anytime we had a free moment, which means when Theo was asleep, we were mm-hmm. playing Ori. And yeah, the game's amazing. It's, uh, if you don't know, it's a uh, Metroidvania. So you're always looking for the next upgrade to then uh, give you more traversal or maneuverability to be able to explore further into the map or find secret hidden areas that you were not did not have access to before. On top of that, very cute character, that being Ori, and um, a very interesting environment and world that they've built. And so, yeah, we got into it. Um, push forward a little bit more some of our longest runs and yeah a couple of things i might have echo i'll just echo from the past that being game is difficult there there is a lot of dying there's a lot of platforming that's where the new abilities come in because as you get new abilities uh they add in trickier platforms which means basically puzzle solving but that being on how to jump and then dash and boost and then use this enemy to also move forward a little bit <laughs> further. Things along those lines. So they're, they're just points where you hit things. And even at one point, there is something similar to Limbo where there's like, I guess, physics-based puzzles where it's, you want to, it's you basically gravity is, is, it still comes into play, but it's like you're stuck to the side of a wall. And then so you have to walk around the object in order to fall up, <laughs> if you can get my joke. Yeah. So things <laughs> along those lines. Like uh, in order to get around the map, you have to put yourself like in a certain position and then use gravity in order to fall in a certain direction that you're not used to falling towards. Uh, and that was just one section of the game. And then on top of that, we with the new abilities, we, we got the ability to now not fly but we can glide so you can at least you can you can have a controlled fall which allows you then to jump further on the map we got it we got a dash we got an air dash we got a double jump and um on top of that we then we got some upgrades to our attacks and even then when you're coming up against enemies it's still a tough battle which is always fun um but yeah this game has all like basically the recipe of what you would think about in a great game as far as when you think about um engaging story it has like shortcut scenes which is nice so you're never sitting for too long and they backed it up with like text-based storytelling and then the use of the environment um it has like big moments the the enemies this at least that I know of right now, the 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 main villain is is this huge owl <laughs> that when he yeah. comes on, he's super imposing. Um, he's just fucking like almost like a raven owl because he's just like dark black, but then he's got those those eyes that you could just stare right into and get lost in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> those John Stewart eyes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, th- those kind eyes. No, um, so yeah, the the villain. Whenever he shows up, you know it's crazy. And then there are just those moments where you're then running from him, or you're trying to avoid his gaze as you work your way through the map. Um, and then on top of that, then as I said, like meaningful progression. Uh, thinking about like all the different. Uh, anytime you unlock a new ability, it significantly adds to your survivability, and then also. Um, 
where you can then access within the map and with that because the enemies are so tough just getting one new ability then gives you a slighter advantage as for uh with taking them down but the thing is all they need to do is hit you once or twice and you're done even as you upgrade your health it's still like one or two shots and you're done so you're still always trying to focus on avoiding attacks and then getting in your shots here and there when you can so it's right. not um it's not like just the the usual platformer where you're thinking about just jumping on the build on on the enemy you're you're actually fighting back and forth one-on-one -on -one, and it's not like three enemies at a time because that'd be too much it's usually one-on-one -on -one. so some things that you wouldn't normally see in a metroidvania the that they're doing here um yeah so ori hopefully i'll be beating that soon so i can then jump into super mario 3d world but until then i am enjoying the heck out of this game but a dub let's get into the topics of the week top topics of the week you, you got a couple of stories, A Dubs. What you got? No, I got, I got a gang of stories. Mm. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll we'll start slow. We'll just start with the tip here. Uh, Ubisoft. They're moving away from reliance on AAA releases. So that kind of sucks. Uh, the quote says here: We said for a number of years that our normal template is to come with either three or four AAA games. So we'll stick to that plan for fiscal year 2022. But we see that we are progressively, continuously moving from a model that used to be only focused on AAA releases to a model where we have a combination of strong releases from AAA and strong back catalog dynamics, but also complementing our program of new releases with free to play and other premium experiences. Uh, <laughs> The Ubisoft representative went on to specify that the company had a number of titles, AAA and otherwise in the pipeline, Far Cry 6, Rainbow Six Quarantine, Skull and Bones, Riders Republic, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time Remake, and Roller Champions. Uh, in fiscal year 2022, we'll continue our evolution from a AAA release-centric model toward a model with AAAs stand alongside new premium and free-to-play innovative experiences across platforms. AMC, how does this make you feel? What was that last part where it said the AAAs stand alongside the what? So instead of, instead of them just focusing primarily on AAA releases, they're still going to have AAA games, but they're also going to be shifting more resources and focus toward uh, premium and free-to-play innovative experiences across platforms. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I, I have to see what that looks like because initially my thought was like, oh, like I guess like smaller games, but more of them. That's that not necessarily a bad thing. Kind of like the Rogue Squadrons games on those lines that maybe fall into the forty dollar tier. Um, I like the idea of that, especially when you see companies like I don't know, like uh, Rockstar. Where it's like you're gonna get your AAA title, but it's coming like once a generation, maybe twice a generation. Um, <laughs> Ubisoft has seemed to figure out like here are our flagship triple uh, AAA games, and then like and now they figure so we can just have that shit automated, and then now we can this will be a way to roll out maybe new IP, but without I guess the sunk costs of a AAA release. And so that, that kind of opens up, I guess, uh, or takes off a little of the pressure on the development teams um, to not have to come up with such a big creation. And also takes off, I guess, the pressure of having to have a huge return on the game if it's if you're not sinking that much into it. But that part about like, I don't know, free to play premium, I don't know what that means. It seems like a, it seems like a, what's that one game that everybody said was a rip off of Zelda? Genshin <laughs> Impact. Genshin Impact, sounds like that, but who knows what, what yeah, it really I means. I definitely see a Ubisoft Genshin of some sort coming. Yeah, we don't know what that means, but... Um, Division Impact. Yeah, but I, I do like, I guess, just being open up front with the slight transition of focus i don't have a problem with that because you know you're, you're going to see the big ones that ubisoft tends to put out and then maybe we'll see a couple of smaller games on top of that yeah i'm hoping we see more smaller games i mean they experimented a little bit in that vein with child of light last generation i was hoping to see more of that but nothing ever came from it especially that illustrative art style they were using a similar thing with uh, prince of persia 2008 so you know, Ubisoft, they, they know what they're doing. For all the the nonsense people talk about them, oh, 
this uh, boring open world, same filler content. It's like those games still sell like crazy. They review extremely well. They look outstanding. They play well. So Ubisoft knows what they're doing. I'm not worried about them in the slightest. So I wish them the best in their new endeavors, their new vision, their new focus. Uh, building on the Ubisoft news, our next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. week. The Division 2 is getting more content in 2021. So this may come as a surprise to some of you because Ubisoft in the past has said that Title Update 12 was the final title update for The Division 2, but Ubisoft has since reversed course. Now they're saying that they're prepping some brand new content for us in Division 2 that'll be out later this year. Uh, currently, they're running the Resident Evil content, I believe. And that's a reason to jump back in. I'm probably going to get on there just to see if I can get that Jill, that Jill skin. <laughs> so that's going to be real fun. Uh, let's read some quotes. It said, today we're thrilled to confirm that there will be additional content for Division 2 released later this year. It's your continuous passion and support, which enables us to continue to build upon the Division 2 experience, and we cannot thank you enough for that. Some of you had noticed the title update 12 was originally meant to be the last major title update for the Division 2, but thanks to your continued support, we're now in the early stages of development for fresh content to release in 2021. So Division 2, they've already got the Warlords of New York expansion. It's undergone significant title updates, as you may have heard already. Uh, there's been 12 of them so far, and one of them was the Loot 2.0 system, which completely overhauled the Loot system in Division 2. That was very entertaining. And yeah, man, one of my favorite games of 2019, uh, even now. So looking forward to cracking that back open. AMC, it, would any of this news make you jump back into Division 2 anytime soon? Um, definitely if – well, probably not anytime soon. But um, with the next-gen updates and the fact that I already own the game, uh, I imagine that when they put out this new content, they'll likely put out maybe a new bundle with the DLC um, at a cheaper price, and that's where I would – possibly consider hopping back in depending on the bundle because it was a great game absolutely loved it um incredible uh cover shooter one of the better multiplayer experiences this generation that i had with ua dub outside of overwatch and i guess i guess yeah we can lump diablo in there some destiny 2 also some, some rocket league yeah um but yeah a this, this is one of the, the better, I guess, um, two-player experiences that I did have um, of just running through a game, not thinking about death matches and shit along those lines. Um, and so, yeah, seeing ha having something else to play on my PS5 and a game that I got pretty far in but didn't complete, um, it definitely would be a reason to hop back in. I wouldn't say on the PS4, but definitely on the ps5 it'd be a game that i would definitely go back to visit and the fact that they said that the continue the continued support is the reason why they're continuing with uh, uh with additional updates is showing that there's still a community surrounding this game and still playing it and enjoying the content that they currently have meaning that there is something that's worth going back for if you're missing the game at all and so with this yeah it's just another reason to hop back in i would say Absolutely. And also looking forward to that, that open world Star Wars game. Oh, can't wait. Man, really hope it's like trooper driven or just like bandit driven. If they just do division with a Star Wars game, I'm going to keep saying it until they do it. That would be utter perfection just in a crazy, grimy Star Wars city, just roaming the streets, looking for trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they already got what the the drone where you can send it out and rolling towards the enemy. That could be your BB-8. <laughs> oh, you got you got BB-8. You got a flying drone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <you. laughs> Man, like imagine if you could have like one of those rope, like the the ones that roll, but then grow. They sprout the legs and they have the shield. Yes. 
it would be pretty hot though if they did also we were saying like mandalorian but they just focus on maybe just bounty hunting so you could choose to be a droid like a droid bounty hunter <laughs> or like yeah like the, the mandalorian style bounty hunter uh they could throw in like a was it like a grito or grotto what the fuck his name was <laughs> bounty hunter so a droid like that those would be the character classes so yeah. like so like with the droid you can't wear armor but you have like a massive damage resistance boost exactly <laughs> just out there taking shots <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. just au- augmented abilities as far as physical attributes. Yeah, you could do some crazy shit. <laughs> and like you have, you have a big aim bonus, but you have a big reload time like disadvantage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's every it's shot upgrade your battery, <laughs> so you can take all longer missions. You can go, you can go out further into the open world without yeah. needing to recharge. <laughs> Yeah, or maybe, or maybe your, or like maybe, excuse me, maybe your health or your stamina is your battery. Your stamina is your battery, and you upgrade your battery so you have more stamina in combat. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and it uses it differently. Like maybe, maybe when it gets below a certain rate, like it, 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 it puts you in berserk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that double damage. Oh man, yes, and see. You want to take us to our next topic of the week? Top topic of the week. Oh, yes, we got January NPD day, 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 Yes, these are the top selling games of January for the United States as collected by the NPD group. And so, A-Dub, let's lead it off with number one on the list going to, <laughs> surprise, surprise, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Mm. No Never would have seen it. Yeah. Never. <laughs> uh, number two, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Ubisoft back in the back back no, in the storylines. No, oh. not not that Ubi filler. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you know that game that plays just like Ghost of Tsushima, Assassin's yeah. Creed Valhalla. Yeah. <laughs> Same game. Same game. <laughs> Let's see. Number three. Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Yes. yes. Still selling well. Getting um, no props. Yeah. Number four, Madden NFL 21. Yes. Number five, still selling Animal Crossing New Horizons. I for real thought you were going to say GTA 5. Oh, no. No, not yet. Number six. <laughs> number six, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Number seven, I thought you didn't want it. Ring Fit Adventure. Mm. People staying in shape. Getting in shape. Trying, man. I'm over here melting now that I'm doing my own cooking. I finally got down to 185. Yes, sir. We think about it. Maybe January, it's the month of New Year's resolutions, and you can't hit a gym. So you hit that ring and you get fit on that mm. adventure. Do you think it's a greater likelihood for people to stick with their fitness resolution since it's in their home and it's on a week? I would think switch, I guess. Yeah, I would think so because maybe if the game is addictive enough, good enough, it's like, well, you know, I need to get to the next level and I do need to shred a couple pounds here. So, and like, you you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to worry about people seeing you. You won't have creepy dudes hitting on you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, there's so much talk um, about like Peloton right when the pandemic started and people started, you know, work from home. People start staying home. Um, bikes. Yeah, everybody went out, started buying Pelotons. And you think about that, this is a cheaper version of an, a, an electronic simulated workout. Um, so, yeah, it, it seems like enough people keep buying it that it's actually a pretty good or decent workout. It's not It's not some gimmick. It would have fallen off by now, I think. So there must be something to the Ring Fit Adventure A-Dub. There must be. Yes. If, if a switch ever gets a price drop, maybe I'll find out for myself. Mm. Number eight, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Number nine, Smash Brothers Ultimate. Number 10, oh, here we go. NBA 2K21. Ooh. Yes. 11, uh, Super Mario 3D All Stars. 12, FIFA 21. 13, Immortals Phoenix Rising, Mortal Kombat 11, Just Just Dance 2021, 16, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, 17, Minecraft, 
18. It dropped down, but it's still on the list. Cyberpunk 2077. I'll sell a GTA. What? Yeah, what is this? <laughs> 19 Super Mario Party and 28 of UFC 4. Oh, those are the wrong three letters. That's the wrong Everybody has finally bought GTA. It took 140 million people. You think Take Two is like? I guess we'll start development on GTA Six now. (laughs) Do you think? Do you think it was really just a sharp drop off? (laughs) (laughs) It's just suddenly it stopped selling. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's out yet, but what was it? It was supposed to come free to play eventually on the PS5. So maybe as more people get their hands on PS5s, they're just like, I'm gonna wait it out. Don't need to buy it yet. Mm. Um, see. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna be free on PS5. Yeah, um, yeah. Who knows? But yeah, solid list. All right, let's go into some bullet points here. So, Hitman Three. Uh, one obvious omission in the top twenty is IO Interactive's Hitman Three, which launched January twentieth. IO published the Assassination Simulator. I love that Assassination Simulator on its own and did not share its digital sales with that NP day 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 day. So you know that is an interesting way to describe that game because when you think about it, you are in there like, how am I going to kill this motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta find them. I gotta find an opening. Yeah, I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> I gotta make sure I'm not seen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, along alongside uh, was it Microsoft? I guess IO is deciding not to share their information. But there was that story, I believe, that we shared last week, where they they had they announced that they had recouped their development costs within a week of a launch of hitman three so i guess they're doing well enough let's see uh call of duty black ops cold war call of duty black ops cold war has been the best-selling game in the u.s each month since its november launch and now it ranks as the 20th best-selling video game in u.s tracked history ranked by lifetime dollar sales call of duty continues to kill it Let's see, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. When comparing each title's first three months of sales, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is now the second fastest-selling Assassin's Creed franchise release in U.S. history, trailing only Assassin's Creed 3. Mm. All right, let's go into the top five of each individual console platform for January. Nintendo's top five. Number one, Assassin's Creed New Horizons. Number two... Assassin's Creed New sorry, Horizons? Sorry. <laughs> Animal Crossing, New Horizons. Can you imagine the little animals assassinating each other? (laughs) Jumping from the the perch. (laughs) Uh, Little little animal legs. I'm going to build a world, and then I'm going to kill everybody in it. Uh, Number two, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Number three, Ring Fit Adventure. Number four, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And number five, Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Uh, let's see. PlayStation's top five. Number one, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Number two, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Morales. <laughs> let's see. Number three, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Number four, Madden NFL 21. And number five, Minecraft PlayStation 4 Edition. That edition. Miles Borealis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Miles Borealis. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Xbox is top five. Number one, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Number two, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Number three, Madden NFL 21. Number four, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Damn. Number five, Forza Horizon 4. And then to close out the MPD, we got console news. Let's see. Sales of video game hardware was up. 144% 144% higher than January 2020, damn, reaching 319 million. This is the highest total for a January month since the 323 million achieved in January 2011. Nintendo Switch was the best selling hardware platform in units sold for the month of January. Gosh, darn. Yes, unit sales of Nintendo Switch were the highest of any platform in January month since the Nintendo Wii in January 2010. 
Um, yeah, so Nintendo continued to kill it, but we got it actually might be a tie, A-Dub, because PlayStation 5 was the best-selling hardware platform in dollars sold in January, with the highest dollar sales total for a January month since the Nintendo Wii in January 2009. Man, the Wii was like setting all types of records when people were saying, what was that? That was your, your, your parents' console or your grandma's mm. console? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody got a Wii. But uh, yeah, we're seeing um, no slowing of the Nintendo Switch sales and the PlayStation 5 obviously still killing it, even with the uh, constraints in production. Uh, you had mentioned, I, I don't think it was in our rundown of topics of the week, that the uh, current administration might be looking into helping a player out by helping us get more consoles developed. Yeah, I mean, currently... The chip makers are experiencing the semiconductor shortage, and it's affecting several industries, including consoles, automobiles, just anything that's relying on these chips. I mean, even GPUs and CPUs. So you're seeing people buying years-old GPUs for insane prices, you know, just to get something. Buying uh, that, that Bitcoin. Yeah, the White House <laughs> issued a statement saying that they're they're going to try to look into the situation, see if they can help fix that that supply chain and hopefully that means that your boy biden is giving you ps5 money and a ps5 so yes. you know <laughs> keep keep your fingers crossed keep your ears to the streets <laughs> and voice your concerns for the things that you worry about the most yeah apparently yeah. There, there are people actually listening uh, this time around they do uh... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think they're listening. I mean, the, the UK is listening. They're trying to they're trying to put through legislation to ban scalping. Yeah. So we'll right. see how that goes and how how the resale market responds, especially yeah, now that yeah. they're like moneyed up. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a that's a, that's like a whole different debate, especially like in a time when people are jobless. <laughs> to then, uh, like it's like. Um, I don't like the idea of scalping, but I also understand the grind when people are trying to figure out how to survive without robbing people. So like, you know, yeah, it's, I it's very tough. much appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's a, that's a tough one, but um, yeah, I mean, hopefully I'll be getting a PS five soon because there are definitely some games that I would like to play on it. One being division two, as you had mentioned, <sighs> but let's that's get into serious. the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. I guess I'm taking it where I'm going to take it, though. But let's give you a little, a little video game movie news. Mm. Got, got two little bits for you. Number one, we got Jack Black. Number two, we got Jamie Lee Curtis. What do they have in common, AMC? We got, we got what is it, uh, True Lies Part 2 coming? Part 2? With Jack Sorry, Black. Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the like the the second coming of Danny DeVito. <laughs> no, not true lies too. What we got is more Borderlands movie news. That's what? right. Jamie Lee Curtis and Jack Black have been added to the cast. As you know, Kate Blanchett will be playing Lilith. Kevin Hart will be playing Roland. We're gonna have Jamie Lee Curtis playing tennis, and we're gonna have Jack Black. As the voice of Claptrap. What? 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 I mean, that still leaves a lot of roles open. I'm very concerned with who's going to be playing Tiny Tina as well as Ellie. Uh, we'll see who's playing Brick. My money is on Dave Batista because not only does he have the body, but he has the face. Uh, a lot of people would like to see The Rock make this kind of a Jumanji reunion. <laughs> so. We'll see how that goes. Who knows? Maybe Eli Roth is trying to recreate the chemistry of the Jumanji franchise with Kevin Hart and Jack Black. So we'll see how that goes. However, you know people going to have opinions. <laughs> you know people going to have thoughts. <laughs> we collected some of them for you right here. <laughs> So when we when we broke the news that Kevin Hart was playing Roland, a lot of people had a lot of things to say. Yeah. This, this time we're coming from I'm getting trolls. They're coming sideways at Jack Black, or at least I thought they were. Just listen. First troll says, this is actually an acceptable casting for me. 
it's really just the Kevin Hart is rolling thing that in no universe makes any sense. What? <laughs> <laughs> Can't get past it. <laughs> Can't get past it. Troll number, troll number two. I mean, cool, but where I'm still thrown off is Kevin Hart is rolling. <laughs> this is news about Jack Black joining the film. Motherfuckers can't focus on Jack Black. Next show says, I love Jack Black, but this casting makes zero sense. There's a, there's a, it's a lot of sense police out. It's zero sense. Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. You make a movie. Let's see how much sense your cast makes. Next show says, cringe. <laughs> cringe? <laughs> is, is Jack Black now cringeworthy? Jack Black. Yeah. <laughs> Next show says, so this is Jumanji then. Huh? I mean, halfway there. <laughs> we get Karen Gillan in there, maybe playing a Calypso <laughs> twin or something. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Next show says, nothing could possibly go wrong. Why would something go wrong? Like, first of all, if you're gonna say something like nothing can possibly go wrong, let's look at the cast. When is something going wrong with Kevin Hart? When is something going wrong with Jack Black? When is something going wrong with Jamie Lee Curtis? When is something going wrong with Kate Blanchett? Yes. So, if anything, this might be one of those few video game movies that goes right. Personally, I have some high hopes for this one, but I'll save that. For the for the outro, next troll says, "Still waiting for them to announce who's playing the other half of Roland." <laughs> is he going to be playing the legs? Oh, uh, I'm sorry, Kevin, but that that was funny. <laughs> next troll says, "It just keeps getting worse." <laughs> next troll, the Kevin Hart casting just doesn't make sense. <laughs> What is this general theme of not making sense? Like, is is Kevin Hart is borderline? It's gonna be funny. I think the funniest possible thing they could do, especially with Kevin Hart, is if they they use movie magic to make him look tall. That'd be awesome. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> and like, he needs. And if they do do that, he needs to be so into his body. <laughs> look at these, look at these pythons. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Look at these abs. I got four feet of abs. Yeah. <laughs> Next troll says, the meme becomes reality. The casting for this movie has all the signs of a dumpster fire. <laughs> these are like acclaimed actors. Yeah. <laughs> dumpster fire. Next troll and last troll says, this is going to be incredibly bad. Well, now that we're in the outro, I could give you my full feelings. Personally, now that we've gotten an idea of the core cast of the film and just thinking about the Borderlands property itself, personally, I'm starting to get a little optimistic. I think this might be one of those good video game movies, like the kind that we've always dreamed about. Only if they can manage to stick to the, the heart and the soul of Borderlands and somehow translate that on film. What I mean is that Borderlands isn't really dialogue heavy. And when you're getting dialogue, it's sprinkled in within the action itself. Like Borderlands is constant motion. It's new locations. It's meeting new people. It's new enemies coming in on the dropship. It's a head popping over there. It's a scag coming up the wall over here. It's going to fetch coffee. It's delivering burgers. It's that kind of stuff. So I imagine that if they can make it action packed, if they can make the action as silly as humanly possible, as gory as a rated R can carry, all they have to do is just make sure that it's consistently funny with the one-liners and the jokes and the awkward situations. And it just might encapsulate all that is Borderlands. Like even insofar as casting more characters, I think it would benefit the film if like the the Borderlands bandit mascot, the guy who always has the fingers to his head blowing his brains out with the visuals coming out. I think that would be really cool is like Steve-O because he's already got Borderlands style tattoos all over his body anyway. He's got the he's got the body just put a mask on him, give him a lit stick of dynamite, let him run around the desert until he explodes. <laughs> that kind of stuff. So, 
you know, who knows what's going to go on with Brick, Tiny Tina, Handsome Jack, all those characters. But so far, they've got good caliber talent in there. All they have to do is just make it fun and capture the things that make Borderlands Borderlands. Like we were talking in the pre-show, you were talking about you want to see guns that get the legs and start crawling around and shooting. <laughs> like I want to see guns bouncing and, you know, floating next to you, shooting enemies, exploding. I want to see heads popping off, legs coming off, and just all the all the enemies just saying their stereotypical oddball final words <laughs> that kind of stuff and they for sure gotta have the brute with the metal bucket on his head and you knock the bucket off and he just keeps getting bigger as he kills everybody like that could be a pivotal a pivotal moment in the film there's a lot of potential here all they have to do is stay true to the property instead of trying to turn it into something that it isn't like it's it's not going to be an award worthy film. It's but it very well could be a very well done representation of a video game. So hopefully they stay that course, and you know just keep a good heart about it, keep a sense of humor about it, and really capture the fun of the franchise. AMC, how do you feel? I mean, this has to be the best cast of a video game movie that I can think of. Um, I mean, you oh, go. Oh, John Leguizamo wasn't carrying the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> yeah, John Leguizamo and that other guy, and then <laughs> uh, good luck. I, I couldn't name like the dudes in Mortal Kombat, and that was actually like a good video game movie <laughs> for at least at the time. Um, so yeah, you look at the this, Rock, the Rock in Doom. <laughs> yeah, the Rock was in Doom, and and that that guy, the guy in from the Boys, is also in Doom. Yeah. That might be I might be one of the best casts, but a horrible movie. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like you look at this, this has to be the best casted of the, uh, and that was like early rock too. That wasn't like now rock. <laughs> like that was rock, like fresh off of like WWE. I'm, I'm gonna get into movies. All right, Doom, fuck it. <laughs> like, yeah, that I wasn't mean, that wasn't jeering rock. <laughs> yeah, no, nah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was very early. That was like rock in transition. Um, and so yeah, like you look at this cast, this is definitely great. Um, Jumanji was uh, the first one, at least, was a great movie. Didn't see the second one, so I don't have opinions. Second and, one was fun. Um, as far I'm as a sucker. Out, I'm a sucker for Aquafina, so hell yeah, <laughs> it gets bonus points for me. Yeah, and then yeah, just Kevin Hart movies in general, I've enjoyed. Like maybe people are like too much Kevin Hart in their lives, but I mean, the, the man continues to put out just good comedies. He doesn't take himself too seriously when it comes to that aspect of life. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like he's, and he's a seller. So you, you go to Kevin Hart and you, you make it work in that situation. Um, Jack Black, always fun. One of my favorite movies with Jack Black is Saving, uh, Saving Silverman. Everybody needs to see that movie. And um, yeah. And then you got Hella and you got my girl, Jamie Lee Curtis, who's, was in uh trading places so she's awesome as well and true lies yeah and true lies and and some other stuff and uh freaking and a Friday. bunch of other stuff and and movies with Lindsay lohan <laughs> and halloween yeah and that hollow <laughs> and the original halloween and the new halloween and, and maybe halloween h2o yeah <laughs> <laughs> solid performances in all of them exactly yeah so yeah she the original scream queen being jamie lee curtis bringing her way to borderlands i think that what i like is that they're taking this movie very seriously it's not one of those let's just get it out to hollywood there'll be a couple of nerds that will come in out and watch this movie and support it and we'll collect a, a couple bucks off of this um they're thinking let's put out a great cast let's get something that a mainstream audience would go and see even if they have no idea what the hell borderlands is or even know anything about randy pritchford and procedural generation and so you look at like you, you look at like how they're handling this movie and I think it's going in the right, right direction. It might even get people to hop on to Borderlands three, who knows? Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's the best. I, I think it's the best foundation so far that I've seen for a video game movie is what I'll say. And I'll Do you that. think that in any course of the movie, we're going to see an explosion of guns come out of somebody when they die? 
I hope so. Like, I hope that there's a gun monster and then they somehow explode it and then you just see, like, guns flying. Like, and the thing is, I want different colored lights coming off of the guns. Exactly. <laughs> it, it has to be, like, the video game. If they make concessions on the game experience anywhere in that film, it's just going to take away from it. Like, oh, I, I, like, it's, it's, you can't have things where the game audience is going to sit in the chair and be like, Oh, why didn't, why didn't they do that? Or why didn't they do that? Like, why is it like this? <laughs> there shouldn't be, I shouldn't sit in that theater and feel like that movie is not Borderlands 100%. Like everything that Borderlands is has to be in that movie. <laughs> All right, I need to see guns. Like the thing that would really tie the whole movie together is if they're just, throwing away guns and picking up new ones every chance they get like every few minutes in the thing like guns have to be made so lightly of while also being so sensationalized that it just desensitizes everyone to guns like there needs to be scenes where they're 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 carefully stepping over piles of useless guns there needs to be scenes where they they have an amazing gun he just throws it over a cliff pulls out a better gun and keeps moving along. Yeah, like you better, there better be a scene where, at least multiple scenes where they go to a vending machine to buy a gun. Yeah. <laughs> and like somebody bangs on the vending machine, a pistol falls out. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, and there has to be at least one situation where a legendary pops up. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, then they, and then they fight over it. Like maybe... Maybe they go into a duel where they start shooting at each other to see who can get that legendary. Yes. <laughs> mm. But yeah, insofar as these trolls, how about we just wait until we see a trailer? I mean, this is what we said to you guys last time. So what we're going to say again until we actually know what it is we're going to be treated to when this movie is eventually finished. Right now you have a cast and a bunch of hate in your heart. And that's what you're running with. Instead, you need to pump the brakes. You need to be a little patient so we can see how all these pieces are going to fit together, how it's going to be executed. We know that people's looks can get changed and modified due to the magic of movie making. We know that top quality actors can make you believe they're anybody. Kate Blanchett, fine example of that quality. And is Borderlands, baby. It's, it's just going to be popcorn action. As long as it's silly, it doesn't take itself too seriously, and just hits all the Borderlands fan service checkboxes, we'll be all good. Uh, don't know who the hell is going to play Moxie. That's going to be an interesting one. So we'll see. I'm pumped. AMC, take us out of here. Let's get into the next. Oh, yeah. Troll of the week. Troll of the week. Troll of the week. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get into the next topic of the week. AW actually got all the final stories. Final stories. Starts you off with a somewhat big one, you know, as this current console generation rolls along without a lot of us, we're still getting news of the way it's going to take shape. Uh, chiefly in this, in this way, we're talking about Ratchet and Clank, a rift apart. We got a release date. Uh. <laughs> Ratchet and Clank, rift apart, will officially be released on PS5 on June 11th, 2021. AMC, are you pumped? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, this will be, I guess, the big. I mean, they've already had, I guess, Demon Souls remake, but this will be the big next gen release. I feel like for PlayStation, um, and ideally, this will be the game that'll really showcase, like at least early on, what this hardware can do. Um, as we've seen with being able to seamlessly transition between environments within the game, um, to really put that all like showcase that out for the playstation 5 fanboy i think this is the game that's going to do that and i know i've seen a lot of people like i didn't i haven't really paid attention to this but a lot of people are saying like oh it seems like summer's coming back because i guess nobody ever released games during the summer who knows <laughs> but uh somebody with some crackpot theory everywhere 
Yeah, yeah. There's always like, like, oh, nobody released games in the first quarter, and now they do. And it's, suddenly that meant, I guess, people weren't releasing games during the summer. Who knows? Uh, summer drought. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's awesome. Hopefully um, more people will have their hands on a PS5 by the time this game comes out so that it can have a huge launch. And yeah, I can't wait to hear more about it. I'm glad we got a release. Now I'm looking forward to Returnal in April. So Ratchet, just a couple months behind that, is a welcome addition to the lineup of first-party PlayStation exclusives coming this year. Hopefully we can see Gran Turismo 7 this year as well. Be looking for news for that. Let's get to the next topic of the week. Top topic of the, of the week. week. Epic Games, your man Tim Sweeney making it happen we know unreal 5 is coming for this current generation of hardware and beyond and we're starting to see some of the elements that are going to be going into it namely epic's new metahuman creator what is that you might ask uh well what it does and what it is is a browser-based app, <laughs> what it do? Uh, it's the MetaHuman Creator. It's a browser-based app that lets developers create 3D characters and models far more quickly than easily than previously possible. So what's going on, according to the quote, is that up until now, one of the most arduous tasks in 3D content creation has been constructing truly convincing digital humans. Even the most experienced artists required significant amounts of time, effort, and equipment just for one character. Uh, Essentially, the product that we're launching is replacing hundreds of man days that we typically need to invest into building a single asset into a tool where people can do it themselves and literally within minutes get results that we would otherwise work for months to achieve. So, you know, a lot of people play video games. They don't really know what goes into making a video game. Some, you know, they eat the sausage. They don't know what goes into making the sausage. What goes on? with making characters and games is that it typically takes a great amount of time to do that. I mean, you have to, you have to design a person, design the assets, come up with their look, you know, that like Epic has created a tool that's going to allow them to significantly cut down on the time it takes to make a convincing character model. And they also look unbelievably amazing, unique, lifelike. So, this, this will bring down budgets. This will decrease the amount of time that you have to spend in this particular aspect of the game's development cycle. Instead, they can all direct that excess time toward other things. Like maybe they can take the same amount of time and put the same amount of money into a game, but you're gonna see that time and those resources be reflected in other areas of the game while the characters look even more amazing than we're currently used to. So I'm always happy to see advances in the tools that go into creating these games because it's gonna make the job not only easier for the people who bring these products to us, but it's also gonna make those products better. It's going to change the whole development cycles, the development pipeline. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm gonna to have to watch the demo and really see if they show off as much variation as just these like four or five faces that they've shown, but I mean, you can go check this out on the web. Just look for MetaHuman Creator, Epic Games. This is, man, Epic is already doing this stuff. It's, it's amazing, man. Like if this is just a glimpse of what we're gonna be enjoying, like later on in this generation, I'm thoroughly satisfied. AMC, have you taken a look at any of this? What are your thoughts? Uh, no, I haven't. I just, from what you said um, earlier in the pre-show, I just gleaned that information. Yeah, this is great. Um, I feel like anything, because all you ever hear about is how like development is is taking longer and more it takes, requiring more resources. It costs too much. Yeah, like it's it, everything just seems to be like just a lot more effort has to go into doing things. And so you do like to see something like this, like a stride taken that might at least uh, speed speed up or hasten this part of the process so that you can then focus on more of the i guess next gen things that you want to um i guess develop in in these games and so um yeah i think it's i think it's an awesome development as far as like unreal engine is what we're talking about correct right mm -hmm. yeah um 
I was listening to some interviews like with an actor and he was talking about like a movie he worked on. It's like, he's like, yeah, it's great. And then like, they just like clean everything up with the unreal engine. And I was just like, damn, like unreal is everywhere. So, um, uh, the fact that like, even like you're hearing about it in like, uh, with like movie studios that which is all about like trying to get as lifelike a look for, I guess, graphically enhanced, um, on screen, uh, effects, uh, yeah, um, not now going into the video game space, uh, I can't imagine like how these how the people are gonna look when we start seeing like some of these next next gen characters in in these cutscenes um, with like the highest fidelity possible. Getting that new TV, mm-hmm. <gasps> so pumped, so pumped. But yeah, well, AMC got anything else for us? No, you have any final words, A-Dub? Uh, on this Valentine's Day during this Black History Month, that's kind of interesting that the Day of Love is also in the month of Black. So learn to love your African-American brothers and sisters, your African-American neighbors, and learn to love Black history because Black history is American history. Mm-hmm. Your bitch ass. <laughs> <laughs> this control issues, I am major. Control.